0: Welcome back. We are The Three Podcasts and we are recording episode five on June 21st, 2020. Today, we're going to start with a very important subject. This subject has been brought to light, just talked about more, and the awareness of this subject has really come up because of the death of George Floyd. And that subject we want to start discussing is actually white privilege. This term first appeared in an academic paper by Peggy McIntosh in 1988. And the paper was called White Privilege and Male Privilege, a personal account of coming to see correspondences through work in women's studies. Now, we wanted to actually look at the definition of what white privilege is. And the actual definition of white privilege is the inherent advantages possessed by a white person on the basis of their race in a society characterized by racial inequality and injustices. And we wanted to really start talking about this subject because all of us on this podcast have heard from a lot of white people around us you know get defensive about this misunderstanding what the term is and and just how like distorted and misunderstood this this topic is so this that's like mainly why we actually wanted to start here um also just because we are three white women we wanted to really start to dismantle and explore That white privilege for ourselves so i think i think really and you guys like correct me if i'm wrong here but i think just like starting to discuss that uncomfortableness that comes along and that defensiveness in you know family members or friends or um co-workers even it's interesting to see it because for me I've, I, I heard this term, I think I probably first heard this term when I was, I don't know, in my 20s, and I was working with inner city kids in Philly. So I was really starting to like, understand black culture and, you know, what black people were going through. And, you know, I was called white girl multiple times, you know, and I was like, oh, shit, I've never had to think about this. I think that might be part of the uncomfortableness for a lot of people, and which also ties into just privilege in general, because, of course, we're talking specifically racial privilege here. And I know there's a lot of other facets to this, but specifically racial privilege, you know, that privilege is that ignorance is bliss. You know, we don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So when we start to have to think about it, that uncomfortableness can come up. But I think it's in the defensiveness that is even, it sticks out even worse. It's like, what's going on here, really?
1: Yeah, it's like, why the defensiveness?
0: Because, like, being uncomfortable is one thing. And I think mm-hmm. all of us getting used to being uncomfortable is, like, a thought we kind of need to wrap our heads around. Because being uncomfortable isn't a negative thing or a positive thing. It's, it's like, you're opening up an awareness. And you're like, okay. You can start asking your questions from there, right? It's like mm. I'm uncomfortable. Why?
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah,
0: right. So the defensiveness is really not accepting that uncomfortableness. Well, it's interesting. Some of the some of the conversations
1: I've seen and and have been in where they recoil. It it seems to be. Is they confuse this idea of white privilege with class privilege? Okay, mm-hmm. how so? It's like um, what I what I've seen people write is this like, well, how 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 does this you know how is this white privilege where you know I had a hard time you know bringing in enough money to put food on the table or you know I'm I don't I'm I'm not affluent Mm -hmm. or anything like that it's just like it's not they're not really looking at white privilege where they can walk down the street without getting harassed Mm -hmm. or they can be pulled over by the police and not worry about possibly losing their life it is it's been a defense of well for one i had it hard idea you know i don't i don't fall into that category of white privilege so that to me looks like where the misnomer is Mm -hmm. Um, right why they why they go there i'm not you know that that one i'm not sure of but i think it's just they don't it's not understanding um it's like look uh we grew up we grew up in a a small a small town With majority of um, white people. Yeah. We've we never had to we never had to look at this stuff. There was an ignorance there. Mm -hmm. And I know for me was having to travel and going to uh, different going into a different country and uh, different different cities where you go. Well, wait a minute. This is something I've never had to think about before, right. It's like that white privilege follows you, but then when you when you bang up against it, you're like, shit and no, wait a minute.
0: Yeah, I would say like it, yeah, it's very similar very similar experience because it wasn't until I left that predominantly white area that I grew up in, which is extremely rural, rural p a basically, you know. <laughs> just a hop, skip, and you're in the fields, mm-hmm. and um, it's just like it wasn't until I was actually in Philadelphia where I was like, I mean, that was an entire change in where not only where I was but culture, and all my it was kind of like for me how I explained that experience was like uh, I literally had my entire world flipped upside down because I was like, whoa. There is way more to this world than just what I know. I had to actually, like, stop and listen and realizing this isn't about me and Mm -hmm. going, there's a whole other side to this story here. I mean, I mean, realistically, I mean, I graduated high school in 2009. I like that. It was predominantly, you know, a white school. And it wasn't like they actually educated us about any of this stuff either. So when I went to college, and then had that experience working at, uh, in Philadelphia with those inner city kids, it was like it was like an ex- it, I had to expand my world to encompass those thoughts and actually take in what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And I I was I mean I was knocked down a couple of pigs a few times because of my own ignorance. But that had to happen mm-hmm. because I was pointing out that that white privilege that I had where I could say stupid shit and get away with it, mm-hmm. but not there. It was like, nope, that's not reality. That's not what this is. There is racism, <laughs> guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is what yeah. they're going through. Yeah. Like
1: they were saying, come, come walk a mile in my shoes. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, like
2: the, the other thing that I've noticed, like, I think is a part of this is that. I've heard people say, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not a racist. And it's like, it it's all it's almost like they hear white privilege or racism and they're like, well, that's all those bad people over here. There's nothing in this that could possibly apply to me. And like what you're saying, Brie, where like you're, where you had to like, because you've had those experiences, like it, opened you up to like actually consider those ideas it's like I think that's what we all need to be doing every day is just like okay stopping and considering it not just be like well I'm not privileged I'm not racist this can't possibly be something that I could even think that I could even use in my own life because that doesn't apply to me that's those mean racists over there who are who are doing whatever and it's like it's almost it like it's like we're putting this like moral superiority on ourselves we're saying well this doesn't apply to me i'm better than that
1: unfortunately really well it misses it misses a mark a mark by a mile here because if you can get past that reaction and you can you can consider for a moment of like you know what what if, what if there are prejudices mm-hmm. I don't even know I have? Yeah. Because they can be, those prejudices could be places that if you've never run into a situation where that gets exposed, how do you know, how do you know what is actually there in your own thinking? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's really, that's really a job for each and every one of us is to unearth those prejudices. Yes, that's,
0: Yep, that's on the individual. You know, pull
1: them out in the light and day, and say, "Okay, you know what? Let me hear. Let me stop here for a minute and look at this."
2: Yeah. mm mm-hmm. And what's the worst that could happen? You actually learn something.
1: Right, and you know, if you can, if you can, if you can, if you can find that prejudice, if you can look at it, turn it over, and and see all its facets, then you can do something about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You can actually make that make a change there for yourself, so that. Um, so it removes that ignorance Mm
2: -hmm.
1: because it really is, you know, that white privilege really is a societal ignorance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's just because you've never had the experience before.
2: And like one, like one thing that also comes to mind with that, I've seen, I've seen a lot of, a lot of. Posts on Facebook just talking about this idea of well I'm not gonna feel guilty for being white and it's like no that's not it it, like you don't have to yeah you don't have to feel bad for being ignorant like take what you're like take those lessons and apply them and like it's like we're it's like we're very caught in the feelings of it like the like the I feel guilty or the right. i'm i'm like i'm being attacked in some way
1: right and or the, the I'm, yeah. I'm better than that you know I'm, I'm better like than what that, you said yeah. yeah that moral superiority
0: or yeah right or um, i'm the i'm a i'm a good good person it's like but it's it's not it's not a
1: it's those two ideas like, can exist at the same time doesn't right, make right. you any less than or quote a bad person it's just like you have something where, because of where you grew up, because of the experiences you've had, you've never run into having to deal with this quote white privilege or these prejudices.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because they're they're sneaky. You know, it's like it's where you it's it's basically what you learned growing where you grew up at and from your parents mm-hmm. and from you know yeah, it, it, it it's it's there. And if you haven't had the opportunity to explore those, well, mm-hmm. it's like now's the time, folks, because um, the other the other thing that I've also been hearing people say is like, you know,, uh, I'm not responsible for racism. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, I think a lot of the arguments I've heard, well, it's like they hear, well, my ancestors weren't slave owners or something to the effects of also pops up a lot. And it's like our families, like, I mean, we can attest for this, like our family like was from the north. And we also like part of our family only came here, I don't know, a couple like our great, great grandparents or whatever. But the fact is, it's not about your individual ancestry. It's the collective ancestry of America, Mm hmm. Yeah. It, it's about the collective and the that thinking that still exists in America. So taking it as. A. A frontal assault to who you are, or what you're about or where your family come from. Is. I think the the word is a mute point mm-hmm. because it's 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 a collective thing. Mm -hmm. it's it's all of us who are responsible for what's happening right now Mm -hmm. even if we were weren't here it doesn't really matter the fact is we're here
2: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yes
1: yeah (laughs) we're here we're here right now in this very moment yeah where black people black people are getting killed in the streets by police Mm -hmm. um you, you i mean we we could go on and on and on about those very facts of racism in America and look, we're responsible to help in solving this problem.
0: I think like one really clear place we can actually see this, um, about like this white privilege and racism and all these things kind of culminating together is, um, the footage of Amy Cooper, Mm -hmm. um, the lady in the, I think central park, who was in yeah. a area to have her dog... She was supposed to have her dog leashed, and she didn't. And a bird... I think it was a bird watcher. He bird like, watcher,
1: yep. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Guy was a bird watcher.
0: And we'll link an article as well. But, you know, he approached her and was like, hey, can you please leash your dog? You know, that's that's the rules and all this stuff. It got, like, pretty much it got, like, you know, to the point where... She was on the phone calling the cops, and she's saying, I'm going to call the cops, and I'm going to tell them that an African-American man is threatening my life. Um, and then you can hear her clearly on the 911 call saying, there is a man, an African-American. He has a bicycle helmet. He is recording me and threatening me and my dog. You know, and, and I mean, this this dialogue continues. But... What like what sticks out is that dialogue, and what she was doing with that dialogue, because she is using that white privilege. she weaponized it. Yeah. I mean, she's making the assumption that by saying he is a black man, that she is the victim, and it would outweigh anything he had to say, and he she knew. But she knew that saying that and what it would actually do Mm -hmm. you don't say that you don't say stuff like that without having an understanding that racism exists and that you have privilege in america Mm -hmm. this uh this scenario that happened with amy cooper And calling the cops, I mean, you can can take this back to a lot of different other scenarios in history, but the one that I think stuck out for a lot of people was the event of Emmett Till, who was murdered by white men because a white woman came forward and lied and said that he had flirted with her. But it's like, it's not really that these two scenarios are necessarily different, though, because it's that weaponization of your whiteness. Mm-hmm. you knew what was going to happen. You know the racism in America. You know the history. And you know we we as white people constantly walk around in that ignorance though. You know cuz like it's not this yeah. stuff isn't taught in schools. We don't we don't talk about it. Like I mean it's just like you know I had I mean what like I said it wasn't until my college years it didn't even come to my awareness until then. Mhm like literally same
1: Yep.
2: it wasn't something that i we always i mean we always talked about things during black history month i learned about martin luther king but beyond that i really didn't have any education into any of this until i got to college
1: well when yeah when i went to school uh for one thing we weren't taught any black history Uh, Mm -hmm. For another thing, the few black kids that were, you know, in the high school, you you didn't talk about racism. You didn't talk about, nothing was said. Everything was kept quiet. Mm -hmm. And I don't know a better way to say it, but I guess the best example would be this, uh, people putting the quotes up about all lives matter, where they don't see color,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: which is a very unfortunate thing. But when, when I grew up and in my high school, that was the thing. It's like color was ignored because you didn't talk about that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The next podcast or so, we can get into this further but that that really this idea of not even talking about what those black kids experienced and i had friends who were who were black you never talked about that
2: to share a quote from the piece we had mentioned earlier the uh academic paper, White Privilege and Male Privilege by Peggy McIntosh. My schooling gave me no training in seeing myself as an oppressor, as an unfairly advantaged person, or as a participant in a damaged culture. I was taught to see myself as an individual whose moral state depended on her individual moral will. At school, we were not taught about slavery in any depth, we were not taught to see slaveholders as damaged people. Slaves were seen as the only group at risk of being dehumanized. My schooling followed the pattern which Elizabeth Minnick has pointed out. Whites are taught to think of their lives as morally neutral, normative, and average, and also ideal, so that when we work to benefit others, this is seen as work that will allow them to be more like us
0: yeah it has a lot of the it has a lot of facets in there that we have we have like kind of picked up the us versus them for example Mm -hmm. stood out yeah um of course mom was just talking about you don't talk about this mentality so that ignorance is bliss kind of thing Mm -hmm.
2: for me what stuck out there was the wanting them to be more like us because it's it it really just is like I'm thinking of like the idea of telling of telling uh, black boys to pull their pants up. Like there's yeah. this we we want them to be how we are. And if they're not, they're a thug. This idea that in order to be respected, they need to be respectable. And to be respectable means to be like like white people and that's just that's just not real like people deserve our respect regardless of
1: well i mean don't you think that that too it's it's painting that with um morality
2: yeah i would say so yep it's more of that moral superiority that better than oh or were you going somewhere else with that
1: No, that's okay. No, I just was just like... Thinking about stuff. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Thinking about stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, like, the way Peggy put it is she puts it as... Well, I guess this was her quoting Elizabeth Minnick, but she said, Whites are taught to think of their lives as morally neutral, normative, and average, and also ideal. So we see it as we're... We're normal and anyone anyone like outside of our idea of normal, right, we can look down upon them.
0: Yeah. I mean that 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 thread that thread is runs deep. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of facets to that idea. You mm-hmm. know, obviously we're just touching upon specifically white privilege here and there but
2: there, for sure we're gonna dive into
0: <laughs> a lot of those facets. Mm-hmm. Um what I found what no, the other part that I I I thought I also thought was really um, that stuck out to me was slaves were seen as the only group at risk of being dehumanized. And I mean, that goes back to that. Um, pedagogy of the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, that that quote that we were talking about before that the only ones that were dehumanized were the slaves or the oppressed but but it's through that act of oppression that we dehumanize ourselves
2: mm-hmm.
0: as well yes yeah right so then that's that's I mean that's how we we're getting like George Floyd's death where that cop is so dehumanized he's dehumanized himself so he's detached from his human human side of himself that he could be so callous and cold and um apathetic to take another human life but i mean this is all tied together it's a vicious cycle
1: yeah in what you were recounting there Bree, and like in that moment it's it's like he he lost his humanity yeah it's like putting your humanity to the side, yeah. And wherever that rage or that anger is is being generated from, it was, it was front and center. Mm-hmm. It it like it took over.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, with no thought about taking another life.
0: Nope, not at all. None. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a huge facet as to why these conversations are so important because it's like being like yo whoa hold up here we're all humans here yeah yeah yeah
1: that and that you know that really is
0: that is that's
1: the point of really we're all we're all human beings and we all have differences whatever those differences are and having those differences respected, yeah, mm-hmm. and and appreciated, and all the all the all the news that's been out there, and everything we've been hearing, what for about the past three weeks, mm-hmm. I mean, I really have, I really have had moments where it is it is utterly heartbreaking to just to read another story, mm-hmm. yeah, of. Of the man, the black man, who when he was freaking drunk.
0: Oh yeah, the Wendy's outside the Wendy's. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and it's like, do people, you're dealing. The guy's drunk, mm-hmm. and you shoot him in the back and kill him. It's just, I don't know. It it is. Um. yeah I you know the t- off the record here I'm just having a real hard time with this conversation and I think it's just I'm just like thinking about so much stuff as we're fucking talking about this but there is there is so much I mean I'm fucking emotional right now
0: mm-hmm. it's okay
1: and to watch this go on and to watch to hear hear in the news again, another black person is killed by police or it, 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 God, I'm at a loss for fucking words here guys.
2: I mean though, like, like you're a mom. and and every time every time you see that, it's like you're there there's a mom out there who just lost her baby,
1: yeah, and I've gotta say that to even think about that,-. Mm-hmm. I've never had to worry I, I mean that's something that never fucking has crossed my mind of worrying about my kids going out and getting pulled over by the police and possibly losing their life. It's something is I've never, ever had to consider. And for every every mom who has. I I just. I can't fucking imagine. What that must be like. Because to just even think about it is is devastating and as a mom this we really have to come together and end these atrocities but i for one can't just sit here and not do anything And I think everybody needs to think about that. What the hell would you do if you were in that situation? What is it can you do? And as a white person. How can you be an ally? How that how can you use that white privilege? That you possess. Because that's real. what is it that you can do? And Len, you had that story about the two sisters in the grocery store.
2: hmm Uh Joy DeGry, a trip to the grocery store. It's um we'll link to we'll link to the video for you. But to give you the gist of it, it was two sisters, one, well, it was a sister and a sister-in-law, and the sister-in-law was, uh, let me try that again, it was a black woman and her sister-in-law, who was half black, but looked white, and when a grocery store worker treated the black woman completely differently than the white woman the white woman had to step in and say something to make a difference there because the black woman was questioning like if I speak up here am I going to be seen as the angry black woman can I even speak up here and the white woman understood because she had got she moved through the world differently But because she was of black descent, she understood both sides of it and she understood why her white privilege existed. And she stepped in and she got something done and she influenced the space around her so that other people were seeing it and saying, wow, like, why are you treating this woman this way? And that is something we can do.
1: Exactly. And it was a simple thing as... The sister-in-law had wrote a check, right? Yeah. Her groceries. Yeah. Right. They both wrote a check. Right, and the sister-in-law, because she looks white, the cashier was like, "She took the check, no problem, no issue." Hmm. And the other woman came up and wrote a check, and the cashier was was what? She looked on the the.
2: The, bad, the checklist. bad checklist.
1: And that's when the sister-in-law saw what was going on and stepped in mm-hmm. and said, wait a minute, why, why are you doing this to her?
0: Mm-hmm. And of
1: course, they tried to make excuses and stuff. And she's like, but you didn't do it with me. Yeah. And that's a very simple example of using your white privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah and there's there's lots of ways that you can do that and whatever it is you have a part to play Mm -hmm. because the time the time is now we've gotten to this point in history and it's been basically set up for us to 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 actually change to make a change so what is it that you can do What is it that you, you, you yourself can do? Anybody who's listening out there? Yep. If you want to continue the conversation, you, you know where to find us. We'd be more than happy to. And we're going to continue this conversation in future podcasts because, well, we need to.
2: We got a, we got a ball
0: moving now, like we got to keep it moving. Yep. Keep that momentum up. Keep having these uncomfortable conversations. Actually resolve these mm-hmm. these racist things that are happening in America. Because unless, unless white people step up, they're never going to be resolved. Because it takes everybody looking at these things and going, that's where this is.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and doing their part to make this change
2: and being unafraid to get emotional because this is an emotional thing
0: yep absolutely i think that we should definitely leave it here for everyone listening we're going to leave you with these thoughts for you guys to think about and to go out and talk with other people if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us on our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the3podcasts. And if you would like to contact us via email, you can reach us at the 3 podcast Official at gmail.com. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for listening. The 3 Podcast, out.